This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. This bit of badassery. This bit of badassery is made by Dirty Mo Media. Dirty Mo Media. And the age-old cry, of course, is gentlemen, start your engines. Gentlemen, gentlemen, start your engines. Buckle up. Time for the Dale Jr. Download. The podcast. The TV show. Introducing your hosts. The managing director of the Dale Jr. brand. And founder of Dirty Mo Media, Mike Davis. That's just the gift that keeps on giving. Again, take it for a second lap. White flag right there, white flag. NASCAR Xfinity Series champion, two-time Daytona 500 winner, and a NASCAR Hall of Famer, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Oh, yeah! The Dale Jr. download in three, two, one. (laughs) Wow. All right. How wow. about this? I can't believe it. Man, this is awesome. I, I didn't think anybody would show. <laughs> oh, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I figured everybody would show, but I didn't know if they'd be here for us for, for the beer. They could leave, you know. Yeah. They, they realize what's going on now. But, yeah, they are here for beer. I've seen a few already out here. Yeah. I want a beer. Yep. Right, yeah, let's get us a beer up here. Oh, look. Yes, sir. I, gotta, I, I owe you a beer. You 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 met the code. <laughs> I've, I've got a waitress here. She's going to come send you a beer. There's another one. Oh, yeah, this is going to get – I should have thought through this plan a little bit better. Yeah. We're going to have plenty of beer. Uh, no problem with that. Find thank me later. Every, we want to thank everybody for coming out tonight uh, at Old Red. Uh, appreciate all y'all for showing up and supporting the Dell Jr. Downloads, supporting everything we do with Dirty Mo Media. I've already met some of you that are in here tonight. Uh, this is a live show. We don't do any live shows, but here we are in Nashville. It's a great place to be, an amazing city. I've had a lot of fun in this town. And, uh, and I'll have some this weekend. I know you guys will too, but we're excited about the races here uh, this weekend. Went over to the racetrack today. Practice went really good. Oh, hell yeah. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. That's perfect. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so we're just excited to, uh, to give this a go, have a live show. We've got a special guest coming up here later. And... Uh, and we're gonna have some fun tonight. We got a lot of things that we wanted to cover, Mike. We got some, we got some stories that we were talking about. Me and you, we were prepping on what to do for this. And uh, Mike said, "Man, we ought to tell some stories because so we've been doing this show for a long time. But before that, me and Mike have worked together since 2004, right? So we worked together on the road, and and he was he was my publicist and and PR manager." When I was driving the Bud car and then into into driving the uh, Hendrick Motorsport or uh, yeah Hendrick Motorsports car, and so we've got a lot lot of history. Yeah. And uh, we were thinking about some of the funnier funnier stories that we uh, wanted to share tonight. Some we decided we might not should share. Right. That's right. 
Yeah. That, that, that's for later. That's right. Here's the thing. People ask me all the time, what's it like to work for Dale Jr., right? Or what's the funniest thing that you and Dale have ever done? Or what's the maddest you've been? There's answers to all of these things. Yeah. But I, I'm going to start you off with a story. And this isn't just a story. It's a bit of a disclaimer. Are there any couples in here that are not married but they're dating? Anybody? Oh, <laughs> right here. Okay, listen up. This is for you. Dale Jr. walked into a bar. It was 2004. It was an off weekend. Dale Jr. witnessed a wedding proposal. Oh, yeah. You know about it. You yes, remember this? I do. All right. It, you know, as romantic as that is in a bar, a proposal in a bar, Dale Jr. was smitten, I guess, and so he befriends the soon-to-be groom. I mean, you see somebody uh, make a proposal, you obviously want to congratulate them. Yeah. Uh, maybe you buy them a drink. So right. then we, were, we became friends very, very quickly. And he talks the guy into getting married, like, in two weeks. I told him, you know, I said, why don't you get married at a race? They were talking about being, you know, fans of NASCAR. And I said, well, yeah, and they were going to go to uh, to Atlanta. And yep. I was like, man, you ought to get married there. I heard, you know, I've seen it happen before. Uh, right on the front straightaway, that'd be pretty awesome. And uh, I don't know if she loved the idea as much as he did. They're drunk, so they would, but they'll even promise to be his best man. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I said don't I get drunk. any ideas. I was also drunk. Yes, you were. <laughs> Dale says he's going to be the best. Everybody's cheering when you say you get drunk. <laughs> What's up with y'all? So Dale Jr. in Atlanta, Motor Speedway, 2004. This is the fourth race of the year. You might remember Dale Jr. fans if you're out here. Dale Jr. won the Daytona 500 to start the year, right? He finished top five at Rockingham, which he was more happy about that than he was the Daytona race. Yeah, Rockingham was tough. Then we went to Vegas. Does anybody remember about Vegas? We sucked. Out loud. Yeah. They were going to black flag us for being too slow. We pitted in the middle of the race to change all Everything. four shots. Right. They, they, we were too slow, and there wasn't a scratch on yeah. the car. Nothing wrong with it. It was Just bad. that bad. But now we're in Atlanta, and Dale's going to be the best man at this guy's wedding, who now I'm brought into the picture, get the guy credentials, his, his wife. And we do the ceremony <laughs> just like you would expect it to be. Whatever's in your head, that's what it looked like, okay? And I was the best man. I was good. You, he, he, was, he did good, right? That little tear in his eye. Yeah. That's where the story should have ended. Yeah. But that's not where it ends. Three months later, I get a phone call. It's from the guy's the groom's brother, and he says, uh, hey, have y'all seen our, have you seen my brother lately? And I said, no. And he says, well, we just figured, you know, being that Dale Jr. was his best man, maybe he's at the best man's house. And we're like, why would he be at the best man's house? And he says, because the FBI has a manhunt for him. Yep. Turns out our friend, your friend, yeah. is wanted. He's a con he, man. He's a con man. And I said, he goes, you didn't know that he was a con man, right? When you, and I'm like, no. And I'm he telling goes, well, you, of all the people that you might befriend in the bar tonight, make sure they're not a con man. Right. I think a con man's probably getting escorted out right now. They got him going oh, out boy. quick. <laughs> he done something. Either way, that though. That might be the that guy. That might be him. It came full circle. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's back. He's your buddy. I tell you what, though, my point on this, the moral of the story is 
Dale Jr. don't need to be your best man. Dale Jr. don't need to be your wedding planner. He oh. don't know how to pick them. That's for you, and that's for all you other couples out there. Now, we're not trying to discourage a proposal tonight. It would make the show fun, but that's... Oh, what? You got some proposals going on over here? They're thinking about it. But that's your first Dale Jr. story of the night. It's uh, get him in a bar, get him drunk. <laughs> There's no telling what's going to happen. That might, that might be a good question. Who... Who might propose tonight? Raise your hand. Who's Who? thinking about it? Who's thinking? We got one over Wait, here. Another one over here. You're thinking about it? There's love in the air. I can tell. He's thought about it. <laughs> it's you? Hey, excuse me, ma'am. You know him, right? Did you meet him tonight? Listen, yeah, <laughs> there may be some proposals tonight of people that they, they don't if even there, if, know each if other. If there's not a proposal tonight on Broadway, I'll be disappointed. That's right. All right. Listen, I got to ask you, Dale, so, uh, something. We're going to, before we bring up our guests, I got a couple things that we got to clear up. I think he's got some news for us. But first of all, Dale Jr. has been back in the booth today. He's back on the NBC job. He's been, yeah. ha- yep. You've got the Ally 400 this weekend, and Dale's going to be in the booth calling the race. So, yeah, how was it today? A lot of fun. Uh, in this, at this racetrack, the booth's really good. The sun sets over your back. So all you fans that have general mission tickets and grandstand tickets, you're in the shade all day long. That's good for all of us. Uh, we don't have the sun glaring down in our faces, so it's a great shot across the racetrack. We covered uh, Xfinity practice and cup practice. Feels like we never left. The energy is great. I think it's because me, Jeff Burton, Steve LaTarte, and Rick Allen all took our wives on a week vacation together, which was, it actually was a lot of fun. You know, going to vacation with your coworkers might not all be, good, be a good idea, but no. we had a blast. My point is, is that we all, we're all really, really close friends. We love hanging out with each other, and when we're in the booth, we're just a, we're just a couple friends talking about racing. And so uh, I'm glad to be back up there. We're going 20 weeks straight all the way to Phoenix when we crown our champion. It's going to be a blast every single weekend. I don't tell Amy that when I leave. Uh, I said, man, I'm going to work. Uh. <laughs> but uh, we have a lot of fun. And um, she's at home with the kids, which I wish I was, I was with them, and I wish they were on the road sometimes. But, uh, but this is a great job, and I enjoy doing it. So looking forward to some great racing this weekend. Track looks excellent. Um, looks like everybody's going to have a blast out there. So, Yeah, that's right. Give him a, get, listen, we're all glad to hear him back in the booth. It's fun watching the NBC broadcast of yeah. NASCAR. It's a lot of fun. All right. Who caught Dale Jr.'s social media this week? Might have seen him back in a race car. Anybody? Hey! All right. Dale Jr., you've got some explaining to do. Yeah, so. You've got explaining to I do. I do. So we've been working. You know, you guys know if you're from around here, you know I'm very passionate about the fairgrounds and Nashville fairgrounds. So obviously. Oh, we've got fairground fans All here. of us, all of us uh, that, that know the fairgrounds, we love that place and the history there. And we, wanna, we want the future of that racetrack to be, br- to be great. And um, I feel the same passion for, for North Wilsboro Speedway, which is, which is a little bit closer to my house. It's only about 45 minutes from my house. I mean, it's, it's crazy how close it is. It's been sitting there since 1996, abandoned, whatever you want to call it. It was a lost speedway. Uh, me and Matthew actually talked about doing an episode on our TV show. Uh, through a lot of effort, a lot of interest, we've been able to bring this racetrack back to life. And there is racing scheduled 
at North Wilsboro Speedway in August. And there'll be, there'll be races happening every single week. Also in October, they're going to dig the asphalt up and turn it into a dirt track. And there'll be races... There'll be races in October every week at North Wilkesboro Speedway as well. And then they'll repave it next year. So anyhow, this racetrack's getting a lot of, uh, a lot of refurbishing done to it. There's a lot, they're working on it every single day, trying to get it ready for the races in August. I uh, own late model stock cars. They used to race uh, late model stocks at, at Nashville Fairgrounds. I would come race and compete there with my car. They run a left-handed chassis there now. But any, my, my point is, is that I run late model stock cars all across the southeast, and um, we're going to enter two cars on the 31st of August. There's a race. We're going to enter two cars, and I'm driving oh. one of them. So, oh! <laughs> hey, we going to toast that or yeah. what? Let's, uh, yes, sir. Let's have a cheers. Tails back in the car, baby. Doing some short track racing. I haven't, I haven't drove a late model stock car since 1997. Wow. So uh, that's a long time. All right. I've been wanting to drive our cars for a really long time, but uh, just hadn't had the guts to do it. When we talked about bringing North Wilsboro back, it just if they were going to have a late mile stock race there, I was, it was too much to pass up. So the race is August the 31st. If you want to come out, you can get tickets. Uh, let's see here. You can get tickets at racexr.com. Racexr.com. You can go to northwilsborospeedway.com also and get tickets there. Please come out and support that racetrack, because if, yeah. if we don't have folks in the stands, it won't go any further than this. It won't go any further than what we're going to do this year if we don't have people come out and check it out. I'm going to show up for some of these races that I'm not driving in just to sit and watch. I'm bringing my pop-up camper. Cooler I'm going to wind that damn thing up. Yes. I'm going to get me a cooler of beer, and I'm going to turn on some music, and we're going to sit out there and have some fun. So hopefully I'll see you there. Dale Jr.'s back in the car, everybody. Let's take a drink to that. Hey. Hope to see you guys at Wilkesboro. That's going to be a lot of fun, right? I mean, yeah. Dale in the late model. That, listen, if anybody saw our series with Matthew and Dale Lost Speedways, we told a bit of a story in the Myrtle Beach episode about Dale's late model career. Well, this is coming full circle because if you saw <laughs> that episode, he got back in a late model just – was taking uh, uh, laps at Myrtle Beach Speedway. Oh, yeah. Now this is going to be at uh, Wilkesboro, man. A lot of fun. You looked like you were having a blast, was, by the way. I ran about 75, 80 laps Wednesday at, uh, at the track. Josh Berry, my Xfinity driver, came out and ran about 30 laps. We've got, if you all remember um, Travis Quapple that used to race in the Cup Series with us, we now have his son, Carson, racing our late model stock car this year. And he drove as well. Carson's a great kid. He'll be racing with me on the 31st of August in that race. Josh Berry doesn't want to run. He wants to be my crew chief. So uh, I've tried to talk him into driving in the race, but he wants to hang out and have fun, be my crew chief. Well, so. well wait a second, though. Yeah. He turned laps. He did. And you turned laps yes. in Carson. And I know you race car drivers keep times. you damn right. How was your lap time compared to Josh's? I, me and Carson were the best. Uh, I was the fastest. Oh. Carson was second fastest, and Josh was third fastest. But can I mean, we believe that? Are you just? I got some uh, evidence. If you, you want, got evidence? yeah, I can get you. Some, I can get you receipts. Okay. Hadn't raced since the mid '90s, but goes in there, lays the quick <laughs> lap down. All right. Yeah, it's a fun, fun racetrack. You drive downhill on the front stretch, turn, and then go uphill. Wow. It's 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 very pronounced. DW can tell you. Junior Johnson, the guy used used to race for. Did I just give away our special guest? A little bit. A little bit. 
It's yeah. okay. <laughs> he used to. <laughs> there I you got, go. Hey, hey, hey. I got a story about Dale doing that, too, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, listen, I'm excited about that. Hey, real quick, I couldn't help but notice today, since we're sitting here kind of spitballing some news, I saw our buddy Truex announce he's coming back next year. He oh, kind of yeah. Are oh, y'all liking that? You, you down for that? The funny thing, the funny thing about Truex's announcement, right, is, you know, when you put out an announcement that you know you're extending your contract, you you're gonna have a uh, you know a press release or something like that. Truex was uh, sent out a press release and it said, "I'm coming back." Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Most like, Truex tweet out. I joke about him all the time because every time I text him, it's like, it's like one word answers. Right. You know, and I'm like, come on, man. He don't even do emojis. And so it's the most Truex announcement ever. Yeah. Hey, man, you're going to run one more year? I'm coming back. (laughs) All right. That'll be fun. I'm glad to see Martin back in the car. We need those guys. I mean, still, man. Yeah. These young guys are great. I mean, listen, I like watching the young ones, but I still am not ready to let go of the ones that we've been familiar with. Are are you with me on that? I mean, like. I was hoping hoping that Martin would want to come over and help us start our cup team. Junior Motorsports. Why would whoa, 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 whoa. What the heck? That's coming full circle. I mean I helped him get I helped him get started, so he might as well help us come get started. No, no, forget that. Or did, did you just announce that we're going cup racing? Mm. No. <laughs> <laughs> All kinds of news for y'all Boy, tonight. I wish we're it, drunk. It's gonna be like this. This is the kind of night. I wish be. it was I wish it was that easy. Yeah, but, no. Yeah. What, hey, we want to go. We're working our tails off trying to exhaust every opportunity to, to be able to, We want to go cup racing. Junior Motorsports absolutely wants to be in the cup series. I, if, if y'all knew the amount of conversations that my sister, Kelly, who is literally the leader of the company, if y'all, yeah, if y'all knew all the conversations <laughs> she's had in the last 12 months trying to learn about how we can maybe get that done, Y'all would really be happy because she's worked her tail off. Yeah, good job. Awesome. Well, yeah. What do you think? Should, well, we, should we bring up our guest? Yeah, so Ally, we're here because of Ally tonight. That's Ally right. has become a new partner of ours on the, on the Dale Jr. Download, and they sponsor the guest segment. So I want to give a big hand to Ally for everything they do for us. They do a lot for, for the sport as well, sponsoring race cars. They're sponsoring the race this weekend, the Ally 400. So let's do it. Let's, let's not wait another minute. Let's All go right. ahead and get it going. Matthew. Several NASCAR drivers were in Nashville, Tennessee last weekend. Nashville, Tennessee last weekend. We're going to spend some time with this brilliant, often controversial driver away from the sound and the fury of the racetrack. Just over that rise and up this secluded country lane lives one of the world's great drivers. Lives one of the world's great drivers. Daryl Walter. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, give a hand for D.W. Daryl Walter! Yeah! 
beers around here. We're drinking that ice cold beer, I see. Uh, looks like Listen, everything's going good. Hey, if we're going to be in Nashville celebrating the Ally 400, we got to bring Nashville's own DW straight out of Franklin, Tennessee. You know, one thing, one thing about the fairgrounds always told me when I first started racing here, they said, if you can win here, you can win anywhere. And guess what? They were right. You won. That, that, that racetrack, Harry Gant, I think in 1984, Harry Gant was over here, and he said, if they don't repave this racetrack, I'm never coming back. Well, they ain't repaved it yet. <laughs> and he'll probably be back if we race here pretty soon. By the way, he's starting a cup team. He didn't call me. <laughs> you got a car over there at Wilkesboro. You didn't call me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's the problem? What's the problem? Well, we needed a guest for this show. We called you. <laughs> See, that's where I am these days. <laughs> See, I used to, I'd check into a hotel and they'd say, uh, are you here with the show? I'd say, no, ma'am, I am the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know if that's holds true tonight or not, but anyway, what's up, bud? That, what's hey, up? everything's good, DW. It's awesome to be here in Nashville. And we couldn't, when I think about Nashville and, and, and race cars and stock cars, I think about you. Uh, you know, I know that you, you know, cut your teeth over at the fairgrounds. Yeah. Uh, raced a lot over there, and we're very proud of your connection to the Speedway. Yep. Always seemed to uh, champion uh, the future of the track itself. Yeah. And uh, so we're glad to have you here today. You, you know, you, 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 you heard the Jaws thing, right? And that's his nickname. So Kel Yarborough, what, 1978 gave you the nickname Jaws. Yeah, because you like to talk a little bit. No, 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 yeah, no, 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 no. What's the truth then? No, no, yeah. no. We were at Darlington, and so see, Jake and Herb Nab were. They were. Herb was Kale's crew chief. Jake was my crew chief, and they were big buddies. They played cards together all the time, but but Kale, see, Kale didn't have no neck. He just his head sat on his shoulder, so he didn't have no neck. <laughs> so that's why we called him No Neck. But anyway, they got it. They got into an argument about running into each other. And I, I mean, I, I don't think I'd run into Kale over once or twice, you know, and, and Just it was once accident or twice. both times, yeah. both times. But we were at Darlington and we were racing for the lead and we come off turn two and DK Aldridge is right out in the middle of the damn racetrack. And here we come, I come up on him and I went to the inside, Kale went to the outside. Well, Darlington, if you know anything about South Carolina, it's nothing but sand. And so you get down, and I got down in that loose stuff. I got down in that sand. I got a little bit loose, and I come back up on the racetrack, and I slammed into Kale and wrecked both of us. Yeah. Cost us both a win. So when the race is over with, and they asked Kale what happened, he said, Oh, Jaws got me. I said, What is he talking about? What's he mean, Oh, Jaws got him? So anyway, we go to the next race. I think when maybe a race or two went by, we go to Charlotte, and Humpy Wheeler's a promoter there. And, and Humpy, you know, he never wants to miss an opportunity to promote something. So he sends a crew down to uh, South Carolina to get a shark. So he gets a shark. He brings it up to the racetrack. He hooks it up on the back of a wrecker, and he stucks the chicken in its mouth and rode the thing around the racetrack in a parade lap. <laughs> good heavens. What the world? Can't do that these days. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It, it, everybody, everybody was having a good time except me. I didn't think I was so funny myself. But by the way, What's this car out here? I don't know. Hanging out. Is a car out front out here? R race car out front? Yeah. 
Is there a race car out there? Yeah, I think there's a race car out there. I saw one out there earlier. What, what's that color on that car? I don't know. Why? Why just one? I saw it look pink. It looked like pink. Is that it? It's the Ally car, DW. DW. Don't knock it. Oh, no, 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 no. I just, I just so, didn't know for sure what it was. So, Daryl, <laughs> Kale called you Jaws, but you had the Kale scale. Oh, yeah. Well, see, so after that, Kale and I we became – Kel and I are great friends now. I mean, uh, he's one of my best friends. Oh, sure. But back in the day when we were racing each other, we weren't such good, good buddies. But so every race we'd go to after that, I would say on the Kale scale, <laughs> I'm going to give this an eight. <laughs> and then the next week I'd say, now on the Kale scale, I'm going to give this a seven. And, and, and it, it just aggravated Kale to death. But let me tell you something about Kale Yarborough. 1980. I'm driving for Diegard. I had just signed a new agreement with Diegard for three more years. In May, Kale comes, he puts his arm around me and says, DW, I ain't told nobody, nobody knows this but you, but I'm leaving juniors at the end of the year. I said, you got to be kidding. That's like the company car. That's the best car in the sport. You're gonna leave, what are you gonna do? He said, I'm gonna drive for MC Anderson, but I know that Junior Johnson is dying to get you behind the wheel of his car. And I'm thinking, yes, it's exactly what I want to have. But then I got to, damn, I just signed a three-year deal with Diegard. So I had to figure out a way to get out of that deal, which I did. And by the way, in 1980, in 1980, I had to pay Diegard $300,000 to get out of that contract. <laughs> People moaned about that. $300,000. In 1980, that's about what? What would that be today? A couple million? More than 300. A couple million. But I guess what? So we went to the very first race of Daytona. It was the Bud Shootout, the Bush Clash, and I won it. And every race that year, I won. I won. I think I won 12 races that year out of the 28 or 29 they had. I made all that money back. The next year, I won 12 more races. I doubled down. Now I'm doing good. What's happened? They're coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, it's that's, just, look, look. That's the hey, 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 hey. I might be embellishing this just a little bit, but you don't, <laughs> you don't have to arrest us. Give me a break. It's just Friday night. <laughs> Friday on, night? Friday night on Broadway, that's what that is. I don't know, they got blue lights flash. Hey, so there are, hey do y'all come, do y'all come down here all the time? You come down here a lot? Cause a friend of mine, this is the first time I've been down here in ages. And a friend of mine said, you got to go downtown Nashville on a Friday or a Saturday night. You won't believe what you see. And I don't. I mean, look at all the people out here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Vegas. I'm jealous. I'm telling you, I wonder, I wonder if they're going to be at the race Sunday. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Anyway, Kale and I became great friends, and we're buddies today. And uh, you, you know, it's funny how it works. And he knows. Uh, your your rival, his dad and I were great. We were big rivals. Yeah, and we were we weren't the best of friends. We were frenemies. You ever have a frenemy? Friends sometimes, enemies sometimes. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he said anyway. he married her. <laughs> so we were frenemies, and sometimes Dale. So one, so it's Christmas, and Dale always called me on Christmas. He always called me on Christmas. So me and my son-in-law were in there. We're putting together a dollhouse. For, my, for one of my little girls for Christmas. 
And it's about 11 o'clock, and Dale hadn't called. And it's about 12 o'clock, and Dale hadn't called. I said, damn, I'm going to bed. So I see him in Daytona. It's February. I go up to him. I say, hey, buddy. I said, did you call me at, did you call me at Christmas this year? And he looked at me and said, he said, I don't have to call you every year. <laughs> I got that, a question. That's the end of that story. Speaking of dad, so one of the most uh, memorable moments between you and dad was a was at Richmond in yeah. 1986. So you're trying to pass dad. It's late in the race. You're trying to get underneath him over and over and over, and he's chopping you off, and there's a lot of contact. Finally, you get underneath him, and you're clear. You're going by him. Got the race one. Going into turn three, dad clips you into the right rear. And y'all both hit the fence hard. It's a good thing we did, too. It's over with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's both a good of, thing we both wrecked. Both of you crashed out. Now, I know that y'all hit the wall in turn three. Yeah. And then the cameras, you know, got to chase down the winner, which would be Kyle Petty. And they're moving around. They don't catch nothing else that's going on over there. But I noticed that when you got out of your car, you were not in turn three anymore. <laughs> you were somewhere else. I was on the front straightaway. What did <laughs> <Yeah>. you do? <laughs> well... Well, we, we, uh, Dale got his car cranked up, and then they had a caution, and Kyle Petty won the race, and Kyle Petty was a lap, almost a half a lap behind. That's how far behind the third-place car was. Joe Rutman, he lived down there in Frankfurt for a while. He, he wrecked, and people wrecking everywhere. But here comes Kyle Petty. He ain't going fast enough to wreck, and he drives right through the whole mess. <laughs> That's so wrong, Drives through the whole mess. <laughs> That's so wrong. He wins a damn race. Oh, that ain't right. God but in the, in, the, in the meantime... <laughs> I finally get my I get my old piece. I get it cranked up, and the wheels are all bent, and it's wobbling all over the place. And I go down the front straight, and I just turn as hard as I can and whack Dale right in the door. I yeah. knew it. What? Yeah. I knew it. He so deserved it. There's no deserved, Let me let me tell you. No 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 no. I, let, let me tell you. So here's what happened. So I took four tires, and Dale took two. So he beat me out of the pits. So we're coming down to the end of the race, and I'm driving for Junior Johnson. Mean, mean old man. <laughs> so I'm driving for Junior Johnson, and Junior comes on the radio, and he says, Daryl, pass him now. I said, okay, okay. So I'm going, I'm, I'm doing everything I know how to do. And it comes about two laps to go, Junior comes on the radio and said, Daryl, I said, pass that SOB now. Okay, Junior, I'm going to pass it now. So I go, I go down to the first corner, I get that damn, I drop off in the dirt and I bounce up into the track and <laughs> I get into Dale a little bit and he gets a little bit loose and I'm on my way. I'm going <laughs> to win me another race, I thought. About halfway down that back straightaway. If I, if, I, if I had it to do over again, I would have just kept him out there. Made him stay out there and I'd have just shoved him up a little bit and I'd have won the race. But I was so proud of myself and I, was, I knew Junior was going to be so happy I'm passing Dale Earnhardt, and I'm going to take the lead. I'm going to win this race. And then he hooked me. Hooked me in the left rear and put me in the fence. Yeah. Mm. Well, the but, yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> That's what he did. Up until this moment right here, there's no video evidence of anything that happens after the crash. But I knew in my mind when I saw pictures of your car, I'm like, he ain't, he, when he's getting out of his car, he's not in turn three where they wrecked. <laughs> what did he do? And why ain't nobody talking about that? <laughs> Something happened. And you went and hit Dad, so y'all were both wrong. 
No, 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 wait a minute. Yeah. No, no, no. Baby. Nope. Nope. I, know Baby. That, I know that NASCAR thought so because no, both they of them. No, they didn't both find Both of them. Hold, no, 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 Hold no, up no. now. Nope. Too wrong. No, Man, no, they should have They, they, they found him. Dale $5,000 for unnecessary roughness. What is football? <laughs> I mean, that's what they did. Right. But anyway, but hey. we're talking about what you did after, not what Dale yeah. did. We know what Dale did. I'm just glad that I finally know the truth. <laughs> oh, no. No, I got that thing cranked up. I went down there and I, I rammed right it, into it. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody in the, all the NASCAR guys up there going, yes. <laughs> he deserved it. Anyway. Do you want to know where your car is? That, ca- that car from that race, I have it. Really? really? Yeah. What? Are you kidding? That race car? That race car. In the graveyard? Where you it's, in, it's in my graveyard. Dude, do you know this? No, I didn't know that. Man, this is hurtful. Did I, did I, get, did I give you a car? That, I got the car you flipped down the back straightaway at Daytona. I, I want it back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. I don't want hey. nowhere near that black car. I don't know anything near it. You can have visitation rights anytime yeah. you want, right? Yeah, I, want, I don't I want. know if everybody knows, but I got a race car graveyard. Oh, he does. And there's... Yeah. There's, I got about 70 acres of woods with all these four-wheeler trails cut on it, and we just shoved these old race cars back in the woods. They're, they're, just, they're just wrecked. You know, they're not any good. But, uh, <laughs> it's I what got, rich rednecks do with their money. That's okay. <laughs> they, I've not paid one red cent for any one of those cars. I'm just saying. No, but, but let me, but, 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 let me hey, tell hey, no, Okay, go ahead. I go, but I'm walking around. I'm over at the Hall of Fame one day, and I'm walking around, and I'm, I'm at the loading dock, and there's Darrell Waltrip's number 17 uh, Western, w- Auto, Western car. Auto car that he flipped down the back straightaway at Daytona in, in the, the 400. When, when was that? Qualified? Yeah, in, the, in the July race. Yeah, and so I'm like, damn, what are y'all doing with that? And they're like, you want it? And I said, I'll have a, full, a roll back up here today. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, that, that, that's, that's sort of how it went, but not exactly how. So I called Dale and I said, I'm going to give you that car. He said, I ain't buying no more cars. I said, no, 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 no. You can have it. I don't want it. I don't ever want to see it. Put it in the graveyard, do what you want to. But you don't have to pay me a dime for it. You mean you're going to give me that car? I said, you got that right. Go get it. And so that's how he got it. All right. I got, somebody called me about that car from Richmond from 1980. Yeah. This guy had it. Was it you? <laughs> you how am I supposed to believe that? Hey, how did you call him? <laughs> you aren't that old. You're not that old. Somebody called me about that car sitting on the ground. Shows. It was sitting on the ground in the backyard of somebody's house, <laughs> and we got it. Yeah. Well, I'll be darned. I'll hey, be damned. you, you want to buy it back? Nope. <laughs> it ain't for sale. No, I don't want. I don't. I don't ever want to see that car. Yeah, the <laughs> car that I really don't want to ever see again is the silver. Remember the silver bullet? Oh God, yes. The what? Oh, the silver. You know, this is no lie. <laughs> we were racing in the all-star race in the Winston at Charlotte. And we have a, and it's, t- it's a 10-lap shootout. Gordon's on pole. I'm outside pole because I run second. Dale was third. I don't remember who was fourth. Doesn't matter. So I knew if I got in front, I could win. So they come around, they come around, and I tried to an- anticipate it on throwing a flag, and I jumped to start. In the history of NASCAR, they've never thrown a caution for a bad start. No. But they did that time. Yeah, that was the very first time they ever did that. First time they ever did. 
So here I am now. They said, you do it again, you're going to the backs. I said, well, I guess I'm going to have to be a little more careful. So we come down, we get the green, and we go into turn one, and I'm up beside of Gordon, and I got a good car. I had a really good car. And we're going down the back straightaway, and the track's kind of rough, and the sparks are flying, you know, in this first lap of a restart. And I look off the corner of my eye, and I said, damn, there's somebody down there in the damn weeds. <laughs> somebody down there in the rough. I mean, I see sparks just a flying. It was Earnhardt. And so we go into third turn, and Gordon's a pretty smart driver. Gordon said, this ain't going to work. So he backed off. I go into third turn. Here comes Dale about a mile over his head. Up the hill he comes, and bam, puts his both in the wall and takes us out. And that was in the silver car. I, don't, I never hear him talk about that silver car very often, and I'm glad. <laughs> I didn't like that car. <laughs> What if I told you it was out back here? Yeah. Uh, no, that's not it. I got it in the graveyard. No, I'm yeah. kidding. You got it in the graveyard. Uh, 1980, 1985 All-Star Race, Charlotte Murray Speedway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, settle, settle a rumor that, you know, you cross the finish line, $200,000 paid to win that race. Biggest payday in any NASCAR race. You're driving for Junior Johnson, who's – synonymous for breaking the law. He's been a moonshiner all his life. Your motor explodes just as you cross the finish line. Oh, fishy. I mean, fishy. Okay, I okay, feel okay. like it's a little fishy. something going oh, no, on no, there. No, 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 little no, fishy. No. Now look, the motor did blow up. Oh, he yeah. He blew it up. I had nothing to do with it. Junior might have had something to do with it. <laughs> I don't know. How does Junior But I don't know how it happened. Time of, time all I the, know is so we're at, we're, I, I, used to, I used to stay at Junior's house all the time, and I go in the, in the garage, and we're building this motor for the all-star race. And he's got a grinder, and he's grinding the rods, and he's grinding the crankshaft, and he's grinding the pistons. He said, Daryl, this thing's going to run about 100 miles. That's going to be about it. I said, really? So what do you want me to do? He said, you ain't going to be able to practice. You're just going to have to start that race and hope this thing don't blow up before you get that checkered flag. And so that's what I did. But I don't, I didn't, look, the motor didn't disappear. <laughs> it's, not like, it's not like he could make it just go away. Yeah. It had a hole in the side where it threw a rod, and it was blown up. But they still checked it. I mean, they tore it down, they looked in it, and it was fine. It might have been a tad oversized, but it wasn't that bad. You know, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. <laughs> Marginal. Wasn't the only one in the field. Nope. Yeah. That's what I always liked about your dad. Your dad said, I know he's cheating because I'm cheating and I can't beat him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, D.W., it's on that note, you know, if anybody in here listens to the download regularly, you know we love a good cheating story, right? I mean, and Daryl, you told some of the best. In fact, we put a whole new episode yeah. together of some of the best. We call it, in, you know, ingenuity, you know, clever, creativity. I, and you had some good ones, man. Listen, I was not a rule breaker. You I was a rule maker. maker. That's right. So you had a rule book, and it said what you could do or what you couldn't do. It said what you could do, but it didn't say what you couldn't do. So we did a lot of work in the gray area. <laughs> and so every year the rule book got a little bit thicker and a little bit thicker. But my, my favorite, I think one of my all-time favorite, I won't call it cheating, I'll just creative engineering, was the buckshot. Yes. Yeah, that's my Tell favorite. that story. I, I mean, so I learned this from Harry Hyde. Y'all know who Harry Hyde is? Do you see, Day, you know, Days of Thunder, Harry Hogg? 
Well, that's Harry Hyde. Well, Harry Hyde had these, uh, uh, what do you call it? You get the bags of pellets. Lead uh, pellets? Lead pellets, yeah. yeah. Get these bags of lead pellets. Lead shot? Yeah, shot. Yeah. That's what it was, shot. And so we got the idea that if we put these shot in a frame rail of the car, which the frame rail is a two by four. Two by four. Two by four. Anyway, it's pretty big. And um, <laughs> you, 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 you fill this frame rail up with, the, with buckshot, and the car would weigh right. And then when the race started, if the driver knew what he was doing, he could find that little wrench and turn that little handle, and all that buckshot would fall out on the ground, and you'd be uh, 50 pounds maybe, you know, 50, 75, maybe 100. I don't know. It could have been 200. Anyway, it would, so all that buckshot would fall out on the ground. And I, I love this. So. For a long time, Dick Beatty, y'all don't know Dick Beatty, he was a technical inspector. He would, he would walk around the track every week. So one day we're at Martinsville, and I'm running. I said, I come up on Dick, and I said, hey, Dick, what are you doing? He said, got a problem. I said, what's the problem? He said, somebody, you see these pellets? <laughs> and they were all down in the crack of the corner, and they were all everywhere. And I said, damn, what are those? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he, said, he said, that's buckshot. He said, somebody is dropping buckshot out of their car, and I'm going to find out who it is. I said, okay, I, said, I, I would if I were you. You're the technical. You, that's your job, man. That's what you ought to be doing. So we go to a couple races, and we're at Bristol. And what you don't want to do to buckshot is get it wet. Because when you get it wet, it, won't, it, it, won't, it sticks together. So I'm in there, I'm cranking, and I got that thing all ready to go, and nothing happened. But I didn't know that. So about halfway through the race, I go in the third turn, I hit him, bam, bam. And I said, I'm, I damn near spin out. And I go up and I almost hit the wall and I head straight down pit road. Well, just so happened Dave Marcus was on pit road. So I go down pit road and I got damn buckshot going everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and Beatty thinks it's Dave Marcus. He's, so he's trying to, he takes Dave Marcus' car apart. So Park. then he said, no, it can't be Dave Marcus, it must have been DW's car. So they go and get the car. So in a, on a race car, you got a jack stop where you jack the car up. So that's where you let the buckshot out at. So when they went to check the car, they put the jack on the jack stop. And oh, they jacked it up. <laughs> they couldn't, they couldn't they find out. it. They, they couldn't, find it. They couldn't <laughs> find it. Never could find it. Never could find it. That's one of the best. That's one of the most legendary stories of creative engineering in the garage. We still talk about it today. I remember when I first started racing, we were putting lead shot in the frame rails of our cars because of your story. One of the, um, I was reading something about you this week, and it reminded me of a great moment in your career. Everybody remembers that you had your own car, and you ended up having to close your operation yeah. and had a few opportunities that didn't really work out. Steve Park gets injured driving my dad's Pennzoil car, and right. the first person my dad calls to come help drive that car while Steve rehabs is Daryl. And Daryl goes out and has some pretty incredible runs, leads yep. some laps. And one of my favorite quotes from you in your career was, they were throwing dirt on my grave, and I climbed out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well... Look, it, money buys speed. I mean, that's, that's a fact. That's just the way racing is. I ran out of money. And uh, I couldn't get into the college fund for the girls. And my wife was all 
worried about that. And so I ran out of money. Uh, I didn't pay myself. I paid my bills. I paid all my bills. I didn't do one like I tried to skip out on anything, but I didn't pay my bills. But I didn't have any money. And it was right when this small block Chevy, they went from the engine we had for 50 years to the brand new SB2. And I didn't have the money to upgrade to that engine package. So this guy named Tim Beverly, bless his heart, came along and uh, he wanted to buy a race team and Rick Hendrick, Rick put me with Tim and I sold that race team to Tim. But uh, yeah, it, it was tough. And then Dale calls, but what I didn't know, and you may not know this either, my brother was with Dale when he called me. So my brother Michael tells Dale, now this is what my brother said, I don't know if it's true or not. <laughs> but my, bro my brother Michael says, he told Dale, you need to call DW. Dale said, are you crazy? He's not gonna drive my car. He said, I believe if you call him and tell him you need him, he'll drive your car. So he did, and I did. And we had a great time. It was like, it was one of the best times I ever had driving a race car. Because Dale and Teresa and Stevie and I, and we spent a lot of time together. We went out together, we went to dinner together. We mended a lot of fences. So it really was a great time. And I have that car in my car, in my dealership out at the, in Franklin at the Honda store. It's the car that I drove is on the floor out there just like I drove it. Damn. Wow. So, I didn't know that. Yeah, I got that car. My brother got it for me. And uh, so anyway, Dale and, I, Dale and I go way back. Dale and I go back to when he was driving on dirt tracks. And if you want to see a sight, you ought to see Dale Earnhardt coming down Robert G's driveway with a trophy under one arm and a fifth of Jack Daniels in the other arm. <laughs> and damn pants, pants up to about his knees and a pair of hush puppies on. He'd, he'd been down to somewhere, I don't know, that night. And he won that race. You know how he won it? He turned Butch Lindley over. They were coming to the line white flag and Dale got into Butch and put Butch up onto the fence and fence. Butch turned over and Dale won the race. It doesn't matter how you do it, you just do it, you know? And so uh, some of the best memories I have, Dale, so Dale wanted to drive one of my cars. And I said, man, I can't, I, I don't have, I, I, I had a brand new car, brand new late mile sportsman car that needed some work on it. It wasn't finished and needed some work. And Dale said, let me finish it. I'll get my boys over here and we'll finish it. And when we get it finished, we'll take it to Nashville. I said, all right, all right, I'm, I'm okay with that. So he gets the car, him and his boys, big crews, and a whole bunch of them, they all work on the car, and they get it all put together. And he brings it to Nashville. It's a 100-lap feature. He, he from, from the time they dropped the green flag to the time he left, he hit every car in the field. Oh, come on. Yeah, he every, ran car? every car in the field. So, and he didn't win the race. He brought back a damn tour up race car. So on Monday morning, I get to, my, my phone is ringing off the hook. And this guy says, if you ever let him come over here and drive a car yours again, we'll whip your ass. <laughs> I said, what happened? So they, be, you know, they start telling me all the things that he did. So anyway, Dale and I were great friends. We were, we were the best of buddies up till, I don't know. What 86, 86, Richmond. Probably, yeah, yeah somewhere along <laughs> in there. That, that was a little stressful. But anyway, Dale and I were great friends, and, and Dale Jr. and I have been great friends. And the I Kelly would say, and, I remember we were great friends, but I know I remember one race I did piss you off. 
Oh, <laughs> is that right? Yeah. What did I do? We, you run, you spun me out. So we, um, <laughs> we're at Martinsville. Oh, it, I never spun anybody oh, out. What are you talking shit. about? Shit. We're at Martinsville, and I caught Daryl. He's driving a 66 Kmart car, and I oh, think I'm a rookie. Shit. And I catch Daryl. Dad's in the race. And so it must have been 2000. So, but I catch you, and I bumped you in one and two. And in three and four, you sent me around. Well, how many laps down were you? And I was like, <laughs> I was like. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. No, he had already hit everything but the pace car. That was it, I hit all that stuff after this. After that? <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. I, remember, I remember that time your dad said, you've hit everything else. Go up there and hit that damn pace car. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. So, wait, you spun Dale? You wrecked yeah. Dale? That yeah. was a privilege for me to get run over by DW. Yeah. Oh, really? Hell, yeah. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> if you aren't, if you ain't going to be, if you ain't going to outrun them, at least get run over by them. <laughs> okay. All right. The legend. Did he apologize? Oh, no. Do you want to now? Do uh, you want to now? I apologize I think he spun me out, then flipped me off. <laughs> Hey, you'll like this. We had an idea. Dale Jr. has an idea for a podcast, and that's where he calls up people that wrecked him and, and asks them if they're ready to apologize. <laughs> yeah. And he's got a list. All you guys, we were you even, drivers. We were even going to call people that didn't wreck me. Say, man, yeah. remember, you, you wrecked me. When? Just apologize. Hey, Jason Keller, Pikes yes. Peak, 99. But, <laughs> you know what's, what's so funny? It really is funny. When you're in the heat of the battle, when you're racing every week and – Somebody does something to you, man, you just can't let go of it. No. But as soon as you retire and you're out of the sport a little while, you and that guy become best friends in the world. I mean, you put you, 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 all the, the respect that you wanted him to give you or that he wanted you to give him, it's all, it's all in the past. And you become great friends. I, Dale and I were that way. We were great friends. But here's what I don't understand about Dale Earnhardt. Answer it. Yeah. Uh, settle this for us. How, these days, if somebody in, uh, in the Ally 400 this weekend – Hits everybody in the car. He is chastised. He is going to be ridiculed. People are going to roast him. How is it Dale Earnhardt can hit everybody that you said he hits and everybody loves him? Well, Dale was, he was, uh, he was, all, you see all these people in here? Well, he, he was one of them. He, was, he had the fifth of Jack Daniels? Yeah, he, he, was, he was one of them. Yeah. And so, Thank you, you got to realize something. Today... In today's racing world, you can't get away with anything. They got a camera everywhere. They got a reporter everywhere. They got somebody in your face all the time. So a driver doesn't have the luxury that we had. We could wreck a guy one week, and we might not have to even see him for about a month. We'd park in there, you know, you're down there, and you're down there, and you'd avoid each other. And you just can't do that anymore. The, the media won't let you. Uh, and, and, and it's great stories. You know, you... Somebody, Ross Chastain, wrecks a couple of people here and there, and first thing you know, first thing you know, first thing you know, you got people up in your face, you know? So, uh, but that's did just you, how it goes. Did you think he was right in saying he was sorry and that he, everybody that owes him back, uh, they, 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 they're good, they, they, can, they can pay him back? Did you like that, or did you wish he had stood his ground? Mm, well, that's a good question. I, there, were, there were some people, there's a couple of people I just could not forgive. You know? Yeah. <laughs> One of them drove the two car. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I'd want him. <laughs> uh, but anyway. Well, Daryl, yeah. we, um, you know, we got we, – we know you love the fairgrounds, and I love the fairgrounds too, but they yeah. got racing this weekend at the Speedway. Yeah. Uh, I know you're excited that NASCAR is back in this city. Yeah. We brought our banquet here to be able to celebrate our champion, and now we have our, we have our racing product here uh, connected to the city of Nashville. I know that's got to be exciting for yeah. you. and. Yeah. You're going to come out to the racetrack this weekend, see oh, some yeah. action? Yeah, you know, uh, for, the, for those of you that don't know who Bruton Smith was, Bruton Smith was SMI. They own a lot of racetracks. His son Marcus runs that company. And, and Bruton passed away this past week. And so uh, I'm going to give the invocation on Sunday uh, in, in honor of Bruton Smith. So just FYI, uh, just... Bruton Smith did more for people in this room than any other person ever even thought about doing. He, was, he loved the fans. He always told me, he said, look, let NASCAR worry about the race. They're the ones that have to worry about the cars and the inspection. All. I got to worry about the fans. I got to get people in here. And that's why, that was his philosophy. And uh, he lived and died by that. So great guy. Loved him. He was one of my best friends forever. Thank you. Here, here. Well, Daryl, it's been a lot of fun tonight talking racing. We can't wait to see you at the races this weekend. Thanks for coming over, giving us some, giving us some stories. Glad you finally told me what happened off camera <laughs> in, in 1986. Hey, I got to tell you all something. Blake's upstairs. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah. He's upstairs. I ain't lying, isn't he? he was saw, up there. I yeah. saw him up there. Yeah. He's he, ain't up saying, there. he ain't saying much. He didn't say a word. Yeah. I tried to get him to talk is to it, me. He wouldn't do it. He looked a little stiff. He's stiff. He looks stiff. stiff. He guy. looks nervous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Gwen's in a building somewhere. In his, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, it's been fun. And this weekend will be a great race. Uh, the trucks are racing now. Xfinity cars tomorrow and then yep. the cup cars on Sunday. Uh, it's going to be a little warm out there. But I think by the time the race gets going, uh, the sun will go down. It'll be a great show. All right, buddy. Well, everybody, right. Darrell Walter. Right. Here you go. The Thank legend, you. Hall of Famer, champion. Love him. Love him. He left his Diet Coke, though. Hey. Bet it's spiked. You want some? I'm sure he can get, I'm good. I'm sure uh, he can get another Diet Coke. Yeah, he can do it. Yeah. Daryl Waltrip is the treasure, everybody. And, uh, and he... And he and he's Nashville's own. And it was, a, it, you know, we've had him on the Dale Jr. download before, but, like, you just can't get enough at DW. Am I right? So, <laughs> very grateful for Daryl. Um, listen, what we're going to do tonight, we're going to do an Ask Junior segment. Like, you know, if you've watched our podcast or checked our YouTube channel, we'll do that. Well, we're going to do it live. So be thinking of your questions. If you want to ask Dale something, um, this is a chance. <laughs> Listen, we've never done this when people are drinking. So who knows what's going to happen? I think we ought to introduce a friend of ours. We should, yes. Who's going to help us with the Ask Junior. You guys might know his name. Bernard Pollard, NFL great. Oh, there he is. Bernard, it's good to see you. What's up, man? So Bernard's going to help us out. He's a great partner with Ally as well. We worked together on some things over the last couple of years. Can you hear me? Yes, Bernard, sir. Let's what's go, up, baby. buddy? Well, man, what's up, baby? Look at you. Looking good. <laughs> I tell you what, is it right that Bernard's going to be moving around the room for, I, for our Ask Junior segment? Yeah. So how should we do this? Like, should we – I tell you what. 
If you be thinking of your questions, I'm going to give you another Dale Jr. story if you want. It's going to take a minute, and then meanwhile, be thinking, and if you want to raise your hand, I mean, maybe Dale. All right, we got a little. What we got here? Group I can get around, here. so just tell me where we I can get around. Yeah. He'll on, knock man. you over, but you knock him over. Somebody's going to get knocked over. That's right. <laughs> Don't make it mad. I'm going to tell you another quick story real quick, and then we're going to get that ass junior. Listen, I, a lot of times people ask me something. They say, what is it about Dale that makes him fun to work for? And I tell them every time, it's his brutal honesty. Although sometimes, sometimes that can come back to bite you. And I'll tell you that, like, sometimes you just don't know what he's going to say. We were at an appearance in 2008. Thank you. I love this. It was a, it, it was a, it was a perfect moment if, if you want to embody Dale Jr. We were at an appearance in 2008. PepsiCo, our oh, sponsor God. at the time, sent us out there. <laughs> I don't remember. It was in the Midwest somewhere. It was a retailer for PepsiCo, and Dale Jr. went up and he did an appearance in front of like this large room, big audience. He was going to do an onstage Q and A, right? And I'm off to the side of the stage, and Dale says, "I hear this. He's telling well, the, a story." The audience was all Costco employees. Well, I was getting that. Right? Okay, I just you, didn't you, know. You, yeah, 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 I was getting there. If you were going to tell the punchline first, you just did it. All right. Yeah. So. So, so Dale Jr.'s up there telling a story about how he uses his high school buddy's Costco card so that, in his words, he doesn't have to pay the outrageous annual fee. Yeah. And what you now know that he just told you is that this was at a Costco convention with Costco employees, and the moderator was the Costco CEO. That was a problem. That was a problem. Well, I was, so I was living in a double-wide trailer, and I had a roommate, and I was working at the dealership changing oil. This was before I got to drive race cars. Would me and him go to this Costco to, to apply, and it's ridiculous. And I was like, well, I'll just be your spouse, because then I'll get a free card. So that's a trick if you haven't tried it. So if you got a friend, you're trying to get you a membership at the Costco, you can be the spouse. And so we got, that's the way we did it. And uh, so I got a free membership. There you go. And uh, they were not proud when I told them. <laughs> they were. I didn't know I was standing there talking to Costco people. You could have told me that. I did tell you I that. Thought I he doesn't a, listen. That's what I'm trying to get at. I made we a went Pepsi. Through this. I made a Pepsi appearance. How am I supposed to know these are Costco people? Because we told you. He knew it, but yet he still told the story. Hey, that reminds me of the time you got booed at oh, the yeah. Walmart convention. I was at a Walmart. <laughs> I was at a Hellman's appearance. Uh, Hellman's. Everybody in the room worked for Walmart. I didn't know that. And I started telling a story about what I, my, me and my wife shopping on Amazon. And everybody in the room started booing. <laughs> I didn't know what the hell was going on. Who don't uh, like Amazon? My point, hey. That's what we love about him. If he's going to say, like, if you like the honesty, if you like the authenticity, you get what you get, that's what's going to happen sometimes. Bernard, we handed it to you, my man. If these got people it. got questions for Junior, if they're brave enough, let's ask them. All right, so here we go. So what's your name? My name is Dean. And where are you from? Uh, originally from Cleveland, Ohio, but live in Nashville. All right. Okay, okay, so here we go. So ask your question. Yes, sir. So you guys talked about my boy Ross Chastain a little bit, <laughs> but I just wanted to get an opinion from my man Junior. What, yeah. do you, what do you think of my guy? So 
I got know he's, ruff, he's ruffled some feathers. Yeah, but. So Ross Chastain, when he first got into racing, he obviously lived down in Florida. If you know his story, his family uh, farms watermelons, and he worked his ass off on that farm. Great kid. He came up to North Carolina to start racing in the truck series, and he rented uh, from me across the street from my house. I had a rental, rental property, and I was his landlord for, like, years. And so I know Ross really, really well. Well, we have car. He gets in the Xfinity series, and he's you know we I have cars that race in the Xfinity series, and he would run into them, and I was like you know, Ross, I really wish you wouldn't hit my cars. You can hit all the other cars out there, but I don't really like it when you hit my cars. But um, I talked to him this week. I called him on the phone. We were just getting you know getting prepared for this weekend, calling some drivers, seeing what they're doing, and uh, he said, "Man, what do you think I ought to do?" To, uh, to, to fit in with these guys. And I said, what? What do you want to do? Be their buddy? I was like, why are you worried about fitting in with them? I was like, they're not going to, when it comes down to it, they're not going to have your back. Those drivers ain't going to you know, do anything for you. If they can move you out of the way, they're going to move you out of the way. That's not what you need to worry about. I said, don't change a thing. Don't change nothing about the way you're driving. I said that selfishly because I like when they run into each other, when I'm watching it, I like it. Um, all the things that happened at St. Louis, him running into people, I like that. All the funny things that Denny Hamlin was doing, I thought that was hilarious. So the more of that, the better for me and for us, right? Watch it. But uh, I told Ross, I was like, listen, your, your aggression reminds me of the way these guys drove in the 80s. We We really need as much of that as we can get. We got to have... Aggressive guys, nice guys, mean guys, the hero, the villain. We need all of those different personalities. Don't fit in. Don't mesh in. Don't blend in. I was like, don't change nothing. And uh, quit apologizing because he don't even mean it. I was like, you, you, you pour it on way too thick for it to be believable, so you might as well just quit doing that. But we had a good laugh, and uh, I think he can refine some things that he wants to get better at, but otherwise I think he just needs to keep on charging. Good stuff. Great question. Appreciate it, buddy. Hey, Thank you. Hey, and by the way, I, I like this, what we've got for him. And if you got a question, make your way to Bernard rather than him having to. No, no, no. Uh, I yeah. can get around, man. I, I know walk. you can, but that, this will work. All right, here we go. Here we go. So here, what's your name? My name's Ashley. And, and where are you from? I'm from Chicago. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so my question is, what's your favorite memory at Chicagoland Speedway? Uh, winning yeah yeah so, 2005 <laughs> yeah. man we ran okay in that race at chicago that year and i had steve meal is my crew chief i would i was going through a little bit of a rough patch because i'd split up with the uries which was a big mistake I, I'm, I'm part of that part of that decision which i regret probably the biggest regret i have in my racing career is when i broke with the uries in 2004 so I went through a couple different crew chiefs, but I had Steve Mill as my crew chief in that race. And Steve Mill was the crew chief for Mark Martin forever. He worked with uh, the Petty Enterprise team back in the 70s. This guy was a legend. So I was so pumped to have him as my crew chief. At the end of that race, we took two tires. Only a couple other guys took two tires. I jumped in front of those guys as fast as I could. I think a couple actually stayed out on old tires. I jumped out there and got as big a lead as I could. Matt Kenseth almost run me down on four tires, but we got a win. We had a horrible year, but that one win, you know, made everything okay. You know, gave us all a chance to celebrate. 
And uh, I was glad, I, even today I talked to Shane Mill, which is Steve's son, and uh, I'm so proud of that one win with that legendary crew chief that, that you know, I don't know whatever would happen otherwise. But uh, I think the track's great. I love the, I think it's rough and abrasive. The guys, you know, run all over the place there. I would love it if we went back. I know there's talk about a street course race in Chicago that might be a, getting announced soon. I don't really know any more than that. Uh, it's more than likely probably going to happen. But uh, Chicago Land uh, was a fun racetrack. Yep. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Here we go. So I moved around. I told you already. Right right directly where did he go? Right there he is. All right. right here. Here we go. So what's your name? Jake. And where are you from? Michigan. Nice. All right. Hey. Oh, come on. Give yeah. Jake. Give Jake a break. All right. So Dale, I have a. So Dale, my question is: I remember when you won two races at MIS back in. 2008 and 2012, which one, if you could pick just one of those races, which one would be your favorite? The 08 oh. where you won with little fuel and, and you got lucky with a green and with a, with a, with a white flag right. on the last lap or, <laughs> or the 2012 one that, that, that broke a, a winless streak? Yeah, the 2012 win was pretty special because we had a recently, re, it was a brand new paved uh, Michigan International Speedway and we were going 220 mile an hour into turn one in practice, our average laps were 204, 201 in race trim. We were flying around that racetrack. And we were talking about cheating uh -oh. up here earlier. Whoa. We had a little something on that car. Oh, yeah. wow. I didn't know this. Yeah. So your race car will go faster if you take the rear and housing and twist it this way. You guys might watch the cars on TV, and when they go down the racetrack kind of skewed, that's because yeah. the rear and housing's crooked in the car and the more you can do that and the more air you get on the right side of the car and the better the car handles the faster it goes and we were just starting to figure that stuff out and so we had a we had a rear sway bar that was actually as the car would squat would push the left rear forward and so we had like a uh, we would loosen up the the mounts on the left side of the rear end housing so it could move and so when I when the car would squat at speed it'd shift that rear end housing forward and we were fly. Now, we weren't the only ones in the field with that. Uh, our teammates had it. Maybe a couple other cars did. But we had it figured out. Me and Latart were really, really on top of that stuff. And, and that car was just fast all day long. We spanked them. I mean, it was nothing to it. I think we won by six seconds over Stewart. Um, the other win was great. But uh, winning with Steve there, it was a fun deal. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's nice. Hold on. Did you go to Georgia Southern? You did? Got it, baby. <laughs> right on. All right. All right here we go. go. We're still in front of you. What's your name? Ravi. All right. Where are you from? Toronto. Nice. Dale, Jr., uh, who's your pick to win the championship? And hopefully it's a Hendrick driver. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, the thing about, the thing about this new next-gen car, man, is it's hit or miss for everybody. Every week, you know, you go to the racetrack, you try to think that who's going to run good. And I never really can figure out, like, who's, who's got the pace. The only team that really is fast every single week is Trackhouse. And the, the, only thing, the only thing that worries me about Trackhouse is the experience behind the wheel. There's, there, those guys are relatively inexperienced. Uh, Ross, can he, you know, can he contain his composure in those high-pressure moments that he's going to face in the playoffs? 
Um, can he can he not be you know mistake prone? We don't know. We've never seen him in a situation when he's had the chance to try to waste and win for win a championship. I think Daniel might be better suited to try to win a championship than Ross because he's won one in the Xfinity Series and he's a little more weathered, got a little more history and experience. But that team right now has the most speed. They were great in practice today. Uh, and I don't think that anybody's going to find a lot to actually catch them. Uh, but there may be some guys that, are, that got some really good parts that are just sitting on the shelf. So the way it works is uh, you, all your good stuff or some of the stuff that maybe you think NASCAR might want to take and keep, uh, you put that on the shelf to the playoffs because you don't want them to take it until, you know, you don't want to take it now and you won't have it when you need it. So uh, at least that's the way it used to work. We'd always have some good, good, not cheated up, but some, some borderline parts sitting in the shelf ready for the playoff races, especially those elimination races. That's when the cars really, really get tricked out is that last chance to advance yourself in the next round of playoffs. So you don't know who might just pop up and have speed in the playoffs, and uh, more than likely there's a lot of guys making a lot of speed, but it's all sitting on the shelf for now. Yes, right, here sir. we go. We, we, we're, we're to your slight right a little bit. Okay, what's your name? Austin. Where are you from? We're from Minnesota. Nice. Minnesota. We wow. got people from Minnesota? all across yeah. the country coming yeah. out here. That's crazy. Good for all you. All right. So, Dale, I'm a Chase Elliott guy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, last year he was pretty critical of Nashville Super Speedway. Yeah. Do you expect the racing to be any different this year? Have they done anything different with the track to try to improve the racing? Well, my personal opinion was that the racing last year was great. And they, they applied resin to the racetrack, which is, uh, it, it helps with tire wear, which they had very, very serious tire wear in the tire test, so they had to do something. But they put this resin down, and it, it adds a little grip. And we had guys in practice today running three different lanes. And that's usually in practice, they don't get the track very wide. That happens in the race. But for the track to widen out in practice like it did today, that's very uh, that's a good thing for us as fans to watch, you know, because you, when you're a driver and you only got one groove, uh, you got to follow the guy in front of you. If you get out of that groove, you're slower. You can't pass the guy. That's not fun. And before they put the resin on the, on the speedway here in Nashville, it was a bottom groove racetrack. There was no second groove, no third groove. You ran on the bottom, and that was it. So that resin really helped last year, kind of widen the groove. We had guys running up against the wall in the corners. I think we'll see a little bit more of that this year. Um, I, you know, I think they had speed in practice. All the Hendrick cars were in the top ten. So I think they'll probably have a good day. You'll just have to see. Yeah. I know that uh, Larson was a little critical about the track today. That was before practice, and, and he said a few things after practice, but we'll have to see. Here we go. We still here to your right a little bit. Now, here we go. So this hey. is, is going to be interesting. <laughs> What's your name? Sarah. Where are you from? Richmond, Virginia. Richmond. Yeah. Go ahead and ask your question. Um, well, first off, raise hell, praise Dale. Raise hell, <laughs> praise Dale. <laughs> All right. Um, next question. I'm getting married. Can I just get a picture with you? Of course. Yeah. Right now? Yeah. Yeah. Hey. She's taking it, right? I think we're about to see our proposal. <laughs> she's, thank you. She's already been proposed to, Mike. But I still think they, might, they need a best man, right? They, don't, they might not have that figured out. 
Here we go. We're moving it back. Here we go. What's your name? Mitch. Mitch Duncan. And where are you from? I'm from also from Richmond, Virginia. Yes, sir. Go ahead and ask your question. I'm going uh, to throw it back a little bit, um, ask a question, kind of on the behalf of your dad and uh, the greatest NASCAR driver to ever walk the planet, Dale Earnhardt. But, uh, <laughs> like I said, Dale, I'm from Richmond, Virginia, and I was born February 23rd, 1986. And I was born at 8 o'clock a.m. My dad still went to the race when, uh, <laughs> when uh, D.W. got fucked. But, uh, <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> but anyway, um, I just, on the behalf of your dad, you know, I'm a huge Bill Elliott fan. And I want to know, like, who was uh, your dad's greatest rival other than D.W. and Bill Elliott? Definitely uh, Jeff Bodine. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they could not get along. And uh, it was fierce. Now, so... Dad and Bill would butt heads, but there was always a, a level of respect. Dad knew Bill worked on his own cars. They had that family team down in Dawsonville, and Dad respected the hell out of that. But him and Jeff Bodine just could not get along. And uh, it was tough, man. My grandfather on my mom's side, right? So I got racing on both sides. I got the Earnhardts, and then I got the G family, which was my mom. The G's are all fabricators. They did body work in racing. Uh, Robert G. Jr., my uncle, works at Junior Motorsports still. And so, anyways, that my grandfather, Robert G., worked on the five car that Jeff Bodine drove. And so I would go to my granddaddy's house and, and see, you know, Levi Garrett and Jeff Bodine and all this stuff. And then I'd come home and Dad would dad'd be like, what the hell are you doing over there? And <laughs> uh, anyways, it was it was a it was a tough time because dad would wreck dad would wreck Jeff and hell Jeff's driving my granddaddy's race car. I'm like, I don't know what to do. It was tough. It was tough there for a while, but that you know when they had Days of Thunder, right? They made the movie Days of Thunder. Most of us probably seen that, and they had the rental car scene where they're banging in each other and had to go to the meeting with NASCAR and say settle down. That was Dad and Jeff Bodine. That's where that story came from. That's depicted in Days of Thunder. So. That was probably the toughest one. They never got right. They never really got it fixed uh, and got well with each other. Yeah. Here we go. So we moved it back a little bit. What's your name? Uh, Colin. Where are you from? I'm from Florida. Go ahead. Uh, I recently started racing this year at my local short track. Nice. And I just want to know if there was one thing, one piece of advice you can give me, what would that be? Well, um, I think the one thing that I it took me a long time to learn is that you can't you can't make your car faster if you're fixing it all the time. So when I raced my first year in street stock, I was in the junkyard underneath the cars getting new ball joints and you know uppers and lowers and all kinds of shit because I'd wrecked all the time. Every week I was pulling the frame straight, having to get new parts. Uh, we had a junkyard down the street that we put on the deck lid just to be able to get the parts. Man, that was I spent more time under cars in that junkyard that year than, than, than driving um, a race car. But, you know, that somebody, you know that's great advice, and, it, and, it's, and it's easy to say, but, you know, you can't make your car faster if you're fixing it. You know, if you've got to go home and put on a new, you know, new right front suspension or, or fix the frame, you're not getting faster. You're just trying to get back to the track. So the more you can, you know, you might have to be a little, it ain't really about trying to get your car fast that first year anyways. You're still learning how to drive, you know. So learn how to drive. Don't even buy speed. Don't try to spend a ton of money on your car. Figure out what you're doing as a driver to, before you really put that investment in the car itself. And just try not to wreck it. You know, just try to keep going to the racetrack, learning, changing parts, changing springs, 
stuff like that, so you can understand this is what that does, this is how that feels. Uh, and, and eventually, you know, once you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm good, I got this understood, that's when you can really start spending a little bit of money on your race car. Yes, sir. Here we go. So we move back. What's your name? Cody Collette. Where are you from? Hickman County, Tennessee. Uh, my question is to you, what all went into bringing North Wilkesboro back to life this year? And also, <laughs> what is your thought on them turning, uh, putting dirt on it at the end of the year? That's a great question, man. What all went into bringing Wilkesboro back? They're going to actually pull the asphalt up. They ain't going to put dirt on it. They're going to dig down and, and get to the original dirt where that track started. They might, um, you know, they might have to bring some little bit of dirt in, but they, uh, we... <laughs> I don't know many people in here know what iRacing is, but it's a, it's a simulation game that, that a lot he of does. people, a lot of friends of mine play on iRacing. Bernard knows. Bernard is a big, Bernard is a big believer in iRacing. Yeah, he does. And so I thought, I didn't think the track would ever come back. And so I asked iRacing to go scan it so we could put it in the game. And I said, if it's never coming back, at least, we, at least it's in decent enough shape to do that. Well, we had to clean it up. So I went out there with some friends, and we weed-eated the whole damn track. And it took us all day long. It was cold and freezing and raining, but we went out there and worked our tail off to get the track to where they could scan it. And all of that effort started a bit of a community, you know, a little bit of a community gathering and a support for, for what, what the place could be. And so uh, the government got involved and, and local counties and everybody really got behind bringing it back. And so it'll be a racetrack, but it'll also be a place where they can have music festivals and all types of things. Uh, that it'll be a great property, really, for the, for the community, not just a racetrack. It'll be somewhere they can gather and have all kinds of great expos and so forth. So that'll be good. North Wilsboro will need it. There's a lot of people up there looking for stuff to do. So um, I, do, I do want racing to succeed there, though. So there's a big, there's a big push for me to be a part of that. But uh, I got no financial involvement, no skin in the game. I get nothing out of it other than just I love it, love to see it. That's awesome. Here we go. So what's your name? Stephanie. Where are you from? Texas. Okay. <laughs> Everybody loves Texas. <laughs> Texas always gets the claps. Dale, my favorite part of the download is when you tell stories about Amy. And I'm a newlywed, so can you tell us your best marriage tip? Oh, my gosh. What? Best ma- my best Did marriage tip. Did you listen tip? to nothing I said earlier tonight? <laughs> <laughs> so Amy's from Texas. Uh, Victoria, Texas. That's where uh, Stone Cold Steve's, Steve Austin from. Former guest. <laughs> former guest of the download. Um, That's right. My biggest, uh, I'll tell you what, I just learned something. Me and, uh, me and Amy, we got two little girls. One, uh, one is one and a half and one's four years old. Beautiful. We love them to death. But what, what that did was literally Amy has been 100% uh, full mom, right? And, and I've been working with her and trying to help. We are, we are wrapped up in our kids, and, which is great. Uh, it, you're running every which way. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You got kids. So, but this, like a week ago, we went somewhere together. We ain't, never, we ain't done this in four years. Me and her took a little trip and uh, by ourselves. We actually were going to take some friends. Y'all know Tim Duggar, country music singer? We, Tim and Tara, his wife, we were going to go on this trip. Tara, Tara had a little injury to her leg, and they couldn't go, so me and Amy go by ourselves for a week. And it was the greatest damn trip ever. And, I mean, I love my wife, but I fell in love with her all over again. And 
I guess my advice is, you know, those nights out and those date nights, they're great. Uh, they're not really getting you away from your, your life, your profession, your kids. They're great. But, uh, man, if you can, like, take that two days, that two nights, three nights, and go somewhere. Get out of town. And, uh, and you know, leave the kids with somebody that will take care of them. Uh, and I, man, it was, did a world for me and her. And we needed it and didn't even know it. And uh, I told her today, actually. We, I saw her. She posted a picture on, uh, sent me a picture. And I said, man, I don't know what it is, but you're more beautiful somehow. You got more beautiful. I don't know how that's possible. Oh, look at oh, come I on. I know. Now. Hey, y'all talk, y'all get me talking about my wife. Yeah. I ain't going to stop. <laughs> but that, that's the, yeah, that's the key. Just make a little time. That's all. Just make a little time. Put a little, you know, get away and, and, and enjoy being together again because it's still in there. You know, when you're working with your kids all the time, it's you, your focus is on them, and you kind of don't. You know, is that good advice? You're you're married. You let me know. I'm married. I got kids. That's great advice. You did text us. I, I I was surprised how much you were texting us during your vacation, though. Usually. What no, the no, hell, no, Mike? Whoa, whoa, you're ruining whoa, 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 the whole whoa, whoa, vibe. Whoa, whoa, no, 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 no. I had no. this great story. Don't get me in trouble. Stop. No, I was just saying. I I thought it was cool. Like we were. I didn't even know what time it was over there. Like you're, te you're texting, just yeah. checking. He listen. Dale I was did like, the coolest thing. He, we're all on the weekend. He goes, "Hey, I just want to see a wellness check." I said it. I sent a text to him and my sister. I said, and Tony Mayoff on my, you know, my team. I was like, "Wellness check, wellness, wellness check. check." I ain't heard from anybody in a couple of days. Just making sure everybody's okay. Isn't that nice? Yeah. I get. So, I mean, we're around each other all the time. You know, you 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 don't <laughs> hear from them a couple of days. You worry about them. Yeah, that's, that's family love. That's what that is. That's awesome, man. So here we go. So what's your name? Sean. Where you from? Hebron, Kentucky, where the Cincinnati Airport is in Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mike, thanks for the beer earlier. Hey. Got him a <laughs> that, beer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, I owe a couple beers to yeah. – hey, where's – hold up. That's a good point. Where's my waitress? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be waitress. No, no, hold up. No, you're not my waitress. Hey, rem yes, I see it. I see it. I see it. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll find her. See me after the show. Go ahead. All right, Dale, I was wondering if you still collect old photos from your dad because I got one from the 97 Brickyard that I'm the only one that has. Yeah, I, um, I did. So I, I, got into, um, I got into my genealogy. And the reason why was because, um, you know, got my dad, I know him, and then Ralph Earnhardt, and I know him. But beyond Ralph, I didn't know nothing about his dad. And so uh, Ralph actually passed away before I was born. So, I mean, just I didn't know anything about my, my, my great-grandfather um, or anything past that. But anyways, I worked really hard to figure out all that information. And what that did while I was trying to dig all that up was make me really curious about my dad and I needed to see pictures of him when he was not only young and, and a teenager, a kid, but, you know, as a 20-year-old, 25, 30-year-old, and pictures of him in the 60s and 70s. And so they're hard to find, but over, over the years, it's kind of been a fun game trying to, trying to dig up stuff that I've never seen of Dad, pictures I've never seen of him. And now I've got this giant, giant catalog with thousands of pictures of him that are really rare photos, to be honest with you. Um, anything from probably like 87 forward 
every it's all accessible it's either online or 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 it's it's easy to get but uh some of that older stuff that i got a picture of dad when he's like four years old sitting in the back of a car then he's got the camera he took a picture of himself accidentally because he was holding the camera backwards and so there's a picture of him taking a fucking selfie i mean yeah he's like four years old this is yeah this is 1956 and so I got this. Yeah, I just got all kinds of rare pictures like that that are pretty important to me, and I don't know. I, I just think it's cool. Anything you can learn about your family history and 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 all. We Earnhardt's came from a small town in in Germany called Ilvesheim. I went there and drank a beer on my 40th birthday. That was cool. That's where I asked Amy to marry me. Was in that town at the church there, and uh, so I'm all into that history. That's awesome. So here we go. Yeah. So what's your name? Connor. Three right there. Where are you from? Hitman County, Tennessee. Nice. So whenever your dad was still alive and racing, he obviously had the sport on his shoulders. He carried it for so long. And then at Daytona, when he lost his life, that load immediately switched to you. And you had to carry it from then on out. And in many ways, you're still carrying it now through the media side and everything. So I'm just wondering... And I'm pretty sure everyone else in here is. How the hell do you manage it still? <laughs> I think that, um, you know, I, I, uh, I always, you know, I always looked at the Earnhardt name as a, as a, a gift to, to, pre, to, to, to take care of and to, to a legacy to build on. I knew I was never going to really do the things that Dad did, win the number of races and championships. I just wanted to add to it right you had the thing you know they talked about ralph earnhardt my dad's father and my grandfather and how much he did in racing then dad and all the things that he did i just wanted to add to it to be like an, a, another chapter of that story and i always felt too that i didn't want to embarrass it you know and i think that always kept me on the on the right path is trying not to screw it up and so um i had some good people around me uh, Mike Helton and a couple other people you might recognize Mike the name but uh, a lot of the drivers would put their arm around me and ask me if I was okay or uh, lead me in a certain direction with certain things um, so it was it was always it was a community uh, that I, that was supporting me all the time in those early days but uh, and then Mike you know guys like Mike my, my team Kelly I just a lot of great people helping you move forward and helping you make sure you make the right decisions and, and uh, putting you in a good situation. Um, it was really, uh, that's all you can do. Got to keep going, man. You got to keep going, right? Hey, Bernard, maybe two or three more? We're going one more right here. This one is the last more? one right here. Sharp right on. Oh, look at Sam Bear, y'all. What's up, Sam Bear? What up? It's our What's driver up? for Junior Motorsports. Hey. My question is, who is your favorite junior motorsport driver? <laughs> I knew it. Right there. Oh my gosh. Right, hey, right now, it's you. You came out here to join us tonight. Hey, You're the Sam. only one, right? You're not, there's no other junior motorsports drivers here, right? Sam, we got a question for you. What are you going to do to Ty Gibbs? Yeah! Hey! <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, man. Turn it around. Wait and see. You have to wait and see. We can wait to see. Sam's a great kid, drives our number one junior motorsports car. Sam, thanks for coming out tonight. 
I, we didn't ask Sam to come out here. I got no. four drivers. He's only one. That's right. That says something. Kids, kid, he's a great kid. Very. How old are you, Sam? You 19. What's that? How old are you? 18. 18. 18 years 18 old. 18 years hey. old. What were y'all doing at 18? Well, I know I wasn't. I wasn't doing anything good. <laughs> I was up to no good when I was 18. <laughs> That's awesome. Sam, you got a good car this week? I think, I mean, so you got a good, what, 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 you going to predict what we got for tomorrow? Uh, I think a Junior Moore Sports all in the top five is something that oh, I think is go. going to happen. That's the goal. That's all right. Sure. Yeah. Hey, Bernard, are you going to go out to the racetrack? Oh, yeah, I'll definitely be out there. You'll be out there? Oh, yes. Are you working? Am I working? Yeah. I'm working and watching. Ah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Right on. So is that it? Is that Sam? Yeah, that's We're it. Sam? Wrapping it up. We're in with Sam. Not, not, not that's the end of the Ask Junior segment, Mike. That, that is good. And by the way, everybody, round of applause for Bernard Pollard. Thank you, Bernard. Oh, my God. Hey. Follow that man on social media. <laughs> yes, yes. Follow that man on social media. For, pro football player, but boy, did he get bit by the NASCAR bug. He is loving it. Yeah, I like it. Listen, thank you all for asking questions. I, 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 there might have been some questions up top, but I don't think we can get to them. Um, I tell you, we'll hang out. Also, I know I owe a couple people beers. Oh, did you get them? You get them already? Oh, good. I, I don't. I don't know. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to leave you with the last Dale Jr. story. Are you ready? <laughs> oh, goodness. And this we're going to send you home with. A lot of times people will ask me, what is it, you know, when did you know that, you know, working for Dale, like, was going to be the thing that you were going to kind of, like, stake your, or put your stake in the ground in? And I'll tell you, I know the day it was. It was in Fontana, California in 2004. <laughs> Who has seen the movie Herbie fully loaded? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Who's seen, right, Herbie fully loaded. Lindsay Lohan, you know what I'm talking about? Okay, so if you saw that movie, you also saw Dale Jarrett in the movie, right? That was supposed to be Dale Jr. It wasn't supposed to be Dale Jarrett. Yeah. Dale Jr. was supposed to be in the movie. On Friday, after cup practice, they moved their set. All the, the production people moved into the garage for an hour, and they were going to shoot those garage scenes, right? And the director called for Dale Jr. to come do his part. He had lines. Dale Jr. said, I'm not going. I know, what? That's what I said. I had a good reason. He said, I'm not going. And I thought he was kidding. But <laughs> poor J.R. Rhodes. <laughs> J.R. Rhodes, who was the one talking to the director. I mean, they're waiting for Dale. They've called him to the set. Lindsay's waiting. Herbie's waiting. Dale's not going. And now <laughs> I realize, well, there must be a real good reason. There must be a reason. It must be. And then he gave it. And Dale Jr.'s reason for not doing the movie was in a moment of clarity and priority and American patriotism, he said, I ain't getting beat by no Volkswagen. <laughs> I said, ladies and gentlemen, I can work for that man. I can work for that man. <laughs> that Thank is, you all uh, for tonight. Yeah. Thank you all. That's a great way to end it. I hope you guys enjoyed this as much as we did. 
We've had a lot of fun sitting up here, and, uh, and I know we've been talking a while. But uh, DW is great. want to thank him for coming out. Thanks again to Ally. But mostly thanks to y'all, honestly. The support that y'all give, not, I mean, if you listen to the download, we, we appreciate that. But you guys supporting our sport, the sport of NASCAR, we couldn't be more thankful for all the things you do to keep us going around in circles each week. Hope you guys enjoy yourself this weekend. Thank you. We'll see you at the racetrack. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Ladies and gentlemen, a big round of applause. Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Mike Davis, folks. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.